Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here of the Tour de France 2023. And this is stage four. This was a flat stage and uh, one for the sprinters, obviously. But as always, I'm joined by Mr. Craig himself, Ewan Wilson. And I mean, Ewan, bit of a dry stage, to say the least. But yeah, what exactly happened on the stage? Incredibly dry stage. We began in Dax this morning. And there was no breakaway for the first 100 kilometers of the stage. We had our intermediate sprint and Notre Dame des Cyclistes, a cycling specific chapel. Uh, there, the Peloton sprinted out for maximum green jersey points. That was won by Jasper de Philipson. And soon after, we saw our breakaway of the day form for the sort of 30, 40, 50 kilometers that they were out for. It was Anthony de la Place and Bernard Cosnefoy from Arkea and Age Desert Citroën. The group all came back together at about 30 kilometers to go. And the sprint was on with teams wrestling for position getting ready to enter the motorsport circuit of Nogaro. At Nogaro, well, there were crashes. The first to go down was Fabio Jakobsen, whilst teams were wrestling for position. Alperson de Koenig looked out of the frame and through the final corner, Cofidis and Uno X looked to be in the most comfortable position. There was another crash further down the peloton, and Serdan Valenschold really pushed through to give Christoph the best road to the line, or so we thought, before Mathieu van der Poel emerged at 500 meters to go, with Jasper Philipsen on his back wheel. At this point, Certain Van and and Alex Zingler crashed with only a couple hundred meters to go. At that point, the sprint was on. Jasper Phillips emerging at the front with Caleb Ewan not too far away from him. On the bike throw, it went Philipson's way to continue that winning streak. Two out of two sprint wins for Alperson de Koenig. Another fabulous lead out once again for Mathieu van der Poel. And Jasper Philipson finishing the job himself. Second place goes to Caleb Ewan on the stage with third place to Phil Bauhaus. Fourth place to Sanazel's Brian Kokar and fifth place to Mark Cavendish. I mean, his Aston and Kazakhstan team looked pretty good today, but the record continues to be equaled with Eddie Merckx. Nevertheless, uh, it was a I mean, hectic final couple kilometers, a bit of a snooze fest. No changes in the major classification. Well, no, no changes in the major classifications apart from the green jersey, where Jasper Philipson now has a big, big lead in that classification over Victor Lafay, who's not even a sprinter. There's a 70-point gap between him and Lafay right now, and it's looking very, very good for the Belgian going forward. Yeah, I mean, you're in that that kind of a last part of the stage was absolutely crazy with the three crashes that we we saw Jakobsen crashing obviously as well. Uh, yeah, that was a big shame for the team. Obviously, so our quicks ever put so much into him getting kind of a victory here. But nevertheless, we might as well start with the winners always. Jasper Philipsen, incredible victory, like you said, massive lead now in the green jersey as well, and uh, yeah. Macho Van as well, superb lead out, masterclass, and uh, a superb weapon for Jasper Philipsen. But Ewan, do you think we're going to see him pick up four, five, six stages potentially, like the Mark Hamdish of old, and sweep the, up the green jersey? I think the green jersey now is looking very good. He keeps winning these intermediate sprints as well, and his team are really committed to this to this goal. And I mean, Van der Poel is just so good at these leadouts. We've seen it all season. We said it yesterday, and we're going to say it again now, that he is sort of this secret recipe for getting him there at about 700 meters to go around that final sweeping bend. It looked like Phillips was out of place. Vardenschald was really getting the A-list leadout for, for Christoph. Then, on the left-hand side of the road, emerges the Alperson de Koenig leadout. And it's not just Van der Poel. Rickard does a great job as well in that final kilometer. And, I mean, we saw the intermediate, sorry, the final. Alperson de Koenig are the team to beat. Sudal Quickstep as well. I think Jakobsen was the kind of guy who could have challenged Philipson for sort of 
making sure he doesn't win four stages, but he crashed today, don't quite know where he is at. And Sudal today just weren't in the right place. Maybe it's because maybe it's because Jakobsen crashed. Similarly, Binny's not looking quite so strong at the moment. Wellsford missed his lead out today, went the wrong way round a roundabout. And other contenders, maybe Caleb Ewan. He might be up there. Hunaveker has been looking weak as well over the past two days. Mesgetz finished higher than he did. So at the moment, it's looking like everyone else's weaknesses. Phillips is just getting stronger, as is Caleb Ewan, to be fair. Yeah, Bauhaus as well, very consistent. But it's hard one, isn't it, now? And do you think it was the... What, yeah, so many crashes we saw. Do you think those crashes were because of this change of the race circuit? 100%. I think because they, they were on normal conventional roads and they come to this racetrack, they have this sort of false sense of security with the size of the road that people sort of going from side to side, trying to choose their line, where normally if it's a tighter packed road, there's fewer sort of wheels and space to choose from. So I think there's just like frenetic movement going around uh, going around the bunch. Different crashes, I think the Jakobsen one was probably caused by that with people moving across the road. The certain Vanishal one, I think, is just sort of maybe in, maybe inexperienced there. Also, just sort of a lack of space. I know we just spoke about the open space, but he finishes lead out, peels up towards the barriers at the same point that Alex Zingler is trying to come through to, to, to sprint there. He has nowhere to go. So Adam Schall clatters straight into Zingler. It's a shame for him, but you know, hopefully Van Schold learns to sort of peel a little bit further away from, from the sprinting bunch. But at the same time, that's when Van der Poel was really pushing through through the center. So uh, different reasons for, for, for different crashes, but definitely the sort of the hectic nature of that final sprint was certainly caused by the open space in that motor circuit finale. Well, you've been more impressed today with the Astana team. It seemed like they had a bit more of a gather on, on kind of positioning Mark Cavendish. Yeah, case ball was really there today. And I think I think it's only a matter of time. Fifth place for Cav for Cavendish today is looking good. Um, if he gets case ball in the right place, then I think it certainly could be uh there could be a shot for Cavendish. On Friday to Bordeaux, he won in Bordeaux early on in his career. Can't remember the year off the top of my head right now, but he's won there before and a very similar finish. Uh, yes, he was younger then, but if his Astana team really followed the other leadouts, he could be in a very good position to take the win. Case ball just needs to follow. Van der Poel and Phillips are like glue and Cavendish could be in a great position to do well. We saw Jan Bovisma taking control quite a lot towards the end and Jonas Vingor was sitting in second wheel for a lot of the time but Wout Van Aert was not up there and then we thought maybe he wasn't going to go for the sprint he didn't go for the intermediate sprint and then suddenly he appears on the top 10. What is Wout doing? I don't know. Uh, ninth place today not quite the electric Wout Van Aert. Of old Maybe we should be, be light on the Wild Van Aert's mentions uh, today, given that I don't think he was really in the frame at all. We didn't see much of him, to be honest. I think Jumbo Visma were up there towards the front to keep Vingago out of danger. Pogaccio Vingago actually finished inside the top 25 today, which for two GC guys is pretty good in a sprinting day. They knew that this finale was going to be hectic, and they just wanted to keep their guys out of danger. For Wild to Laporte... Maybe it's a missed opportunity. They didn't quite seem to sort of ride in tandem like they usually do, but I just don't think, wow, maybe doesn't have the top speed to beat a Phillips and so forth at this year's Tour de France. We're probably not going to get our DSM nugget here at the end of this video because, uh, yeah, it was a bit embarrassing for them and uh, with Wellsford taking the wrong turn. Do you think teams, I thought teams were like really reconning the finish, sending guys up, up, towards at least the day before with cars and 
Yeah, or is it just like a bad, bad moment kind of thing? But then sometimes on the day they might choose to to have a roundabout where it's only one way around the roundabout instead of two way two ways around the roundabout. Also, maybe just the way he was positioned in in, in the bunch, maybe the way he was looking. Uh, also, sometimes these guys are on the edge. They're endurance athletes. You sometimes have a lapse of of of, of sort of judgment and thinking at some point. It happens to all of us when we're stressed or um, exhausted and so forth. You know. Sometimes I add the wrong audio into a video, you know? It's the same kind of thing there. Wellsford probably just, he made a mistake and you could see his teammates behind, Balde shaking his head like, oh, what's what's happened here? Dagan Cole was looking around and all of a sudden DSM Feminich just evaporated from the head of the race. Uh, so it'll be very, very frustrating for them uh, going forward. How do they get the stage win? Wellsford, he's going to be into the unknown very soon in a Grand Tour. Uh, he's never really been into that second or third week. Well, he's never ridden a Grand Tour, so it's very much the unknown. And I think his best chances have probably come already in this race. What about Little Trek? We had them at the front uh, for a bit, but they kind of collapsed towards the finish when they're... Well, Sturvin was 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 pushing through, but Pearson just, I don't think, has the same top speed. We see this sometimes, and it's, it's quite like Wout in a way where Payerson's either on the podium or he's not there. And this is the second day in a row where Payerson is not there. Yesterday, he was lower ranks of top 10. He was ninth. Today, he was, what, eighth, ninth? Tenth, rather. There we go. So a, another lower rank in top 10. The green jersey is not going to come his way. I think Little Trek should be frustrated with this. But anyways, that's basically it for our short conversation of this stage that was mainly dry. Of course, join us over on the live country stream if you have not already. And in terms of our prediction game that we're going to be doing every single stage, Ewan did guess Jasper Philipsen for the victory here. So 2-0. Unfortunately, I was going for the Mark Cavendish, the more romantic guess. But uh, maybe I'll go for Philipsen as well next time. But yeah anyways with that thank you very much for watching make sure to comment down below what you thought of the stage and uh, of course as always we will see you around <laughs>